Hello, folks. Welcome back to Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast on LettermanRow.com. I am Jeremy Birmingham, your host. With me, uh, as always, is Spencer Holbrook. Uh, today's uh, edition of Talking Stuff is sponsored by our good friends at Buyers Automotive. Um, Spencer, thanks for taking some time. For those of you who are watching this on the internet, please understand that we are filming this just minutes before the uh, Clemson LSU National Championship game and it's it's hard, right? It's hard, Spencer. It's still hard. It, it's pretty crazy. Um, when we were at Roosters earlier today um, for the Letterman Live, you know, hosted by Roosters, there was three TVs with the Ohio State Clemson game on. And every time you looked up, you just knew. You, every time you looked up, even though you knew the score, it was like, oh, Ohio State's going to win this game. And then, obviously, we know what happened. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy to, to see the two teams on the field tonight and one of them not being in scarlet and gray. Yeah, I mean, but that is football, right? I mean, you, you take one on the chin. It's a heartbreaking loss. You got to pack up your stuff and move on. Uh, Ohio State moved on, um, you know, back home to Columbus. And, and in the last two and a half weeks since that uh, Fiesta Bowl loss to Clemson, it has been an extremely quiet time on the recruiting trail. And since we are talking stuff about Ohio State football recruiting, uh, it, it makes it a little bit difficult for us. But thankfully, right now, there is a, this this weird uh, want-to-be-discussed thing out there, which is uh, five-star running back Zach Evans. Uh, on Monday afternoon on, on the website on LettermanRow.com, I wrote about uh, Zach Evans and his recruitment and and the possibility of Ohio State getting involved in it. Um, Zach Evans is the number one ranked running back in the country. Okay, folks. So, I mean, we're talking about a player that if you take away anything but his talent, uh, you, you would uh, be left with a can't miss, no doubt type prospect. And unfortunately, as I kind of dove into a little bit in the story, I didn't want to go too much into it because it's really not my story to tell. Um, Evans has had some maturity issues. And Spencer, there's this line of thinking that Ohio State is one of the programs in the country that right now the program is so solid that you could see them being like, hey, we could handle this. But like, is the is the risk of one bad apple spoiling a bunch so great that you don't even want to to go out on a limb and say, hey, we have so many good dudes on our team that maybe they could withstand or help this one guy? I think it's more of a you don't want to crack what's going on. Ohio State recruits such quality kids. You never hear anything bad coming out of Ohio State as far as what the kids are doing off the field. And to take a risk and to have to potentially maybe kick somebody off the team down the road just because you took a risk there, I just I just don't think it's it's worth it for Ohio State. I, I really don't. And that's weird because he's a five-star kid and he's one of the top players, uh, one of the top running backs that we've seen in the last few years come out of high school come out of high school and I just still I do not think it's worth it for Ohio State to take this take the risk I just it just makes too much sense for me to have Ohio State you know they know what they have in a character guy with Marcus Crowley they know what they have with Steel Chambers they know what they have with Master Teague they just lost J.K. Dobbins that room's going to have to be mature in the way that it handles itself throughout the next two years to, to survive you know life without J.K. Dobbins and to bring somebody in who has you know, some questionable issues on whether he can be a mature member of the room. I just don't think it's worth the risk. Yeah. And, and I think it's important to underscore the, the, the speculation and the rumors and all that stuff around, uh, around Zach Evans is not that he's like a bad kid. He's not out there beating up women or doing drugs or any of that kind of stuff from what we hear. 
it's really just a matter of maturity and a matter of a kid who's is who's entitled and uh, it has been uh, sort of seen as a cash cow down the road for some people in his family and I think that uh, that has maybe changed the way that he approaches some things. I, I've talked to coaches around the country, not just coaches that work at Ohio State, and the, the constant thing I've heard is that he's just kind of a jerk. And I don't want to even say that about a 17- or 18-year-old kid, but you know, the, the thing is when you're dealing with a player uh, of such high-caliber talent and such a, a big position you know, uh, on a football team, I almost think that if Ohio State had a player like J.K. Dobbins returning next year, uh, that it would be easier to justify taking a player like Zach Evans because then you would at least have some sort of um, sounding board or somebody who could kind of guide him. And I think with Master Teague and Marcus Crowley and Steel Chambers, you're talking about a redshirt sophomore uh, and then two two redshirt freshmen or one, one sophomore and one redshirt freshman in, in Chambers. And none of them have like that big – leader personality that you know that's really you could get behind and i think that could play a part in this and that's why i think no matter what happens with jameer gibbs and it's i sort of left it open-ended in the in the column on monday but talking to people monday afternoon and into monday evening it just really seems like ohio state is not going to go down that road and one thing that i think we need to remind people of is that uh jameer gibbs and Zach Evans would be great icing on the cake for this class, but the class is full. Yeah. The 85 is full. Yeah, they're at 89 so, right now, so there's still going to be some, you, a number of things happening. Go ahead. If you take Zach Evans, you have to make room, and you don't make room when you take a risk. If you had 84 already, if there was 84, if Baron Browning and all three offensive linemen went to the draft and – uh one guy decided to transfer, whoever that might be, and you're at 84, and you know you're at 84, you know, uh, it might be worth it to say, hey, we've only, we're only at 84. We don't see a, another guy in the next six weeks committing. Um, even with Cam Martinez, we're only at 84. Hey, let's take Zach Evans. That'd be fine. But it's but you'd have to completely, you know, make room, shut somebody else out who doesn't have character issues just to, to bring in uh, this risk that may or may not work out. Yeah, and again, it – I don't, for people who haven't watched Zach Evans, like it's very important to see what we're talking about. Go out, watch his tape, check out his huddle. Uh, he, he's oh a, gosh, he's a yeah. phenomenal running back. I mean, you're talking about a the number one ranked running back in the country. And if if you've read Letterman Row, you know how I felt about Bajan Robinson as a player. But Zach Evans as a straight up running back is is better. Uh, Bajan is a better guy out of the backfield. Um, better pass catcher, a guy that is is a no character risk, um, and, and that's what you get with Zach Evans. And I think I just want to underscore the point and reiterate from talking to people Monday afternoon after my dot in the eyes column went up on LettermanRow.com. The impression I'm getting very strongly is that Ohio State has decided that they are not going to kick the tires on Zach Evans, even if things don't work out with Jameer Gibbs, who makes his official visit to Ohio State this coming weekend. One source that I talked to who covers uh, high school football in, in Texas told me that if you could, you would take Jameer Gibbs five times before you would take Zach Evans once, uh, based on the caliber of kid he is and the fact that the talent gap between them isn't nearly as large as the accountability slash personality gap. So take that for what it's worth. 
things can change. I mean, that's the beauty of recruiting and I guess the the nightmare of recruiting. If things go out this weekend and, and Jameer Gibbs tells the Buckeyes, hey, there's no, there's no way I'm coming to Columbus, uh, no way I'm flipping from Georgia Tech, maybe the Buckeyes panic and decide, hey, we'll, we'll reach out. But from what I've been told, it has been Evans who's been reaching out to the Buckeyes and he has uh, had conversations. There has been some initial um, getting to know you, but this is a thing that started with him back in the summer when he wanted to visit Ohio State, uh, and we talked about that on the website back in June. And I wrote it then, but it, that was going to be like a proving ground for him to show Ohio State if he was actually interested in them or just looking for some clout by being at Ohio State and, ha- and having people on Ohio State talk about him. Um, and then he never showed up, and nobody really expected him to. So who did show up for Ohio State, though, was Mayan Williams. And I, I think that people need to understand – the Cincinnati Winton Woods running back, he's a three-star tailback, and I know people are caught up in the in the stars, and justifiably so, because star rankings do matter. But Mayan Williams ran for like 6,000 yards in Division One in, in college, in Ohio football. That's pretty good. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to make sure we talked about that, because if Ohio State wasn't in the running for Jameer Gibbs and Bijan Robinson and uh, Jalen Knighton at the beginning of this cycle, people would be through the moon and say, well, the the recruiting rankings don't really matter. My Williams is a good back. But since Ohio State lost out on a couple of five-star backs, I mean, we could even throw Kendall Milton in there for a little while. But, you you know, for Ohio State to lose out on two five-stars, another four-star, and end up with an in-state three-star, everybody just kind of looks at him and thinks, yeah, he's not that good. They still need Jameer Gibbs. Mayan Williams is a good running back. That kid can run. And I think people are really selling him short. He's become kind of like a chopped liver so i mean and he shouldn't be is what i'm is he's he's more of a a nice cut steak than he is chopped liver chopped chopped liver yeah i mean i think what people see with Mayan williams is he's a guy that you know the the numbers don't necessarily blow you away when you're talking about his verified results but he he last ran a verified 40 yard dash in may of 2018 okay so and that was a 474 so that was almost a year and a half ago in, in, in the time of his life, it's pretty important when it comes to development. So he was probably 16 when he did that. He's going to be going on 18 now. His shuttle time is in that 4-2 range. His vertical is not through the roof. Uh, he's five foot ten and maybe 220 pounds. I'm telling you, when I saw him uh, at the Ohio State-Penn State game uh, in November, you see the kid and you're like, Jeep, Jeepers Creepers, this kid is a, is a tank. Uh, and, and like – I'm telling you, there's something about him, and I, I, I've sort of been put on the spot a little bit by people in the last few weeks who've asked me randomly, like, who do you think leads Ohio State in rushing in 2020 outside of Justin Fields probably? And I, I think it could be Mayan Williams. I really do. I, I think that he is the type of runner that is going to be a perfect complement to what Justin Fields will do. And if Marcus Crowley isn't 100% healthy, and we still have no idea what his situation is, uh, Master Teague, I know he has explosiveness uh, and, and the ability to run away from people, but it's hard to ignore the fact that in the last four games of the season against the Buckeyes' best competition, he looked rather pedestrian at times. And then Steel Chambers, you just again, you don't know what you're going to get because he just hasn't had the opportunity. But I, I think that when you're talking about really unproven 
redshirt sophomore, sophomore, redshirt freshman, true freshman. There's no reason that Mayan Williams couldn't take that job. It's not like running back. You'd have to come in and learn the playbook like you do at quarterback or, or I mean, if you're physically ready to go, J.K. Dobbins showed it in 2017. If you're physically ready to go, you can come in in June and still be the man by, by September. And J.K. Dobbins did it after not playing a senior year because of a broken ankle. Yeah, I, I think you make some pretty good points there. If, if all of those things are already on the roster, if all those guys aren't ready, Mayan Williams can step in and, and learn the playbook and, and learn under Tony Offord pretty quickly. And Tony Offord's Seems like an easy guy to learn from. You know, J.K. Dobbins came in and played early. Mike Weber played early. Uh, so, you know, it, it just makes sense. If Miles Williams is ready, he will play, and he will play. I think he's going to play pretty well. I just think we need to – Ohio State, um, the fans and, and the people surrounding the program just need to kind of be a little higher on, on Miles Williams than, than they have been. Yeah, and again, I don't think that people should feel bad about wanting Ohio State to sign five-star running backs. Like, uh, I again, agree, yes. Because it does matter. Re- recruiting rankings and stars do matter. It's proven over and over and over again. Yes, there are the outliers and there are the guys that are three stars that turn into big-time players. But uh, the, the fact is, when you're projecting 32 players a year that are five-star prospects, it, those players are projected there because they're really special. Uh, and that's not to say that other guys can't be undervalued or that they don't develop later. But uh, this idea that Ohio State can't recruit running backs is just silly to me. When you look at what they've done with J.K. Dobbins and Crowley and, you know, Brian Sneed, who was a a top 40 player in the country before he made a dumb mistake and got himself kicked out of Ohio State. But that circles right back around to Zach Evans, right? Like, that's why it doesn't matter how good a player is if he's not able to keep himself in your, uh, you know, in your lineup. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're you're exactly right. I, it, I, we've already hammered that nail a lot. Yeah, Mike Evans yeah, exactly. probably not in, probably not in. Mayan Williams definitely in. Should be more excited about him. And and the running back recruiting, we we can almost. Uh, you know, after this weekend, when you find out more about Jameer Gibbs, we'll be able to, to really have a clear, crystal clear picture of what the roster is going to look like in the running back room. Yeah, and I'm I'm not going to be surprised if Tony Alford and Ryan Day have something else up their sleeve. Uh, I, I think that it's clear that they've wanted two running backs in this class for the entire cycle. I know there is at least some concession at this point. Like, if it's only one and it's mine, Williams, that's fine. But clearly, they're still pursuing Jameer Gibbs. They, they did examine the possibility of Zach Evans. The idea is if they can find someone else that's out there that's really special, that they'll bring them in. And I don't know what Alfred and Day have cooking, but I, I'd be shocked if they didn't have something else lined up in the event that uh, things didn't go right with Jameer Gibbs. And then that would preclude them from still needing to move on Zach Evans. So uh, anyway, let's finish up here this episode of Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast. Brought to you by Letterman Row, this week's episode, sponsored by our good friends at Buyers Automotive. Uh, let's just talk a little bit more about the 2020 group. Um, as you mentioned, it is full. I mean, there's 24 signees, uh, 25 commitments total right now as Cameron Martinez remains uh, committed but unsigned. People are kind of probably waiting to see what the heck happens at defensive back because there is this idea that they need to go get another one. But just to wrap up the the thought about the 2020 class, which is at this point seeming like it's going to be a run, another running back or bust, uh, I don't think that the addition of Kerry Combs, whenever it does happen, 
I don't think it's going to impact things one way or another when it comes to adding another defensive back other than solidifying Cameron Martinez. Yeah, I think it's going to be just a matter of, you know, you're going to roll with what you got. Ohio State's going to probably go into the season with some sort of combination of Josh Proctor, Cam Brown, um, those guys in the secondary with Sean Wade and Kerry Combs. You know, I just don't know if there's enough time to make a move and and to persuade a kid to to get to Columbus and become part of the class. And I don't... Like you keep, like we keep saying, I don't know if there's room. If they take another running back, if Jameer Gibbs decides Ohio State's going to be his home, there's not going to be any room for another, another defensive back. And if Jameer Gibbs doesn't, then there still might not be any room for another defensive back. They might have to make room just for Gibbs. So, I think it's going to be one of those things where you just kind of roll with it at this point. I think the guys in the class now, unless Jameer Gibbs decides to come, are the guys that are going to be in the class uh, on opening day in, in September. Yeah, as we mentioned, there's now 89 guys uh, on the roster. That number is going to need to be parsed down to 85 by August. And uh, I'm not in the habit or the business of speculating on who could leave or who may transfer out or what else could happen. But you certainly expect at this point uh, a handful of guys uh, that are currently with the program not being there by the end of the spring. Um, I don't know where that – I don't know what positions those guys will come from, but – uh, it is a make-or-break spring for a lot of guys, but it's also uh, a, a situation where Ryan Day needs to be able to have his roster the way he wants it. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting in the next three weeks until the February 5th signing day what they do because the, the, the defensive back coach part of this is, is one piece of the puzzle. But again, as I said, I don't know that it would really matter because ultimately how do you, how do you add more guys to this class especially somebody that it, you're having to offer this late and maybe you aren't entirely sold on. If if the Buckeyes can get lucky and, and someone like Darnay Holmes, who we've talked about, doesn't end up entering the NFL draft, I know there's been a report out there a week and a half ago or so that he was, uh, but I don't know that we don't know that that's true. We don't know if that's a finalized statement or not. So there's all these things in the air that can still happen. I, I would think that another defensive back is still in the works, even outside of Cam Martinez. Um but I just don't know where that guy comes from or how they how they squeeze him into the mix. So it'll be interesting it's, to watch. It's almost it's almost speculation season at this point because they can't go visit these guys. The January seventeenth deadline is fastly approaching, and, and you kind of just sit back and wonder what's what's going on behind closed doors right now when it comes to the twenty twenty class. Yeah, I mean, there's that Enos Rackerstraw, the defensive back from the Dallas area, who has blown up lately. He's a twenty twenty cornerback. He's offered from Georgia, Alabama, Miami. Uh, all these big schools in the last two weeks. Ohio State is not one of those schools that's offered. I know for a fact that the Buckeyes have been reviewing his tape and evaluating him uh, even as far back as a month ago, and the Buckeyes haven't pulled the trigger on the offer. Now, after January 17th, when they're allowed to go out and see kids again, are we going to hear about Ryan Day stopping into this kid's high school? Maybe. I mean, uh, it's it's such a um, key point when it comes to Ohio State recruiting is that they really don't want to offer kids they don't know. And, and these these relationships that they build with these kids are so important because that's how they decide if someone's a good fit for the program or not. And uh, there is this concept or this idea that maybe they're slow playing things and that they're going to be left in the cold uh, for a player like Enos Rackestraw because all these other teams have already offered and he's now setting up his visits. But if, the, if they're not sure who you are, they're not going to offer you. And as I've said a million times on Letterman Row and in the past for people who have uh, followed my work, 
There are no such thing as pity offers at Ohio State, and they are not going to offer a player if they don't think they can make a difference in, in Columbus. And uh, if that means that they go into this next three weeks without offering any new defensive backs, so be it. But I don't think you're going to see any other positions really even on the table at this point uh, unless a, a player is so good that they think to themselves, there's no way we can't uh, we we can pass this kid up. So that I, that, go ahead. And if that's the case, you know, that kid would also have to want to come to Ohio State. Right. And then the number comes back up, the 89 comes back up. To, okay, do, is there going to be room for him? Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's going to be the catch-22 from here all the way to August. And uh, like I said, I'm not in the business of prognosticating uh, who's leaving, who's staying, but uh, people are going to have to leave. That's, that's just fact. So we are going to have to leave. And that is Spencer Holbrook. I am Jeremy Birmingham. This has been Talking Stuff the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast brought to you by Byers Auto. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for watching. We will talk to you folks next time.